National League Championship Series edition of the Turu Blue LA podcast, at least for this year. I was about to say, we've done these before. The Dodgers have been here, been doing this a lot. Um, hopefully they can keep going. Eric, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good in the uh, sort of lull in between the like relatively quick division series round, like, you know, from a league perspective as a whole. Mm-hmm. There were only those that winning teams were 12 and 2 in those series. So, and then now eight were, and then that were, waiting for the NLCS and the ALCS to start. So um, we're in that kind of like middle ground right now where it's like the calm before the storm almost. Right around the fourth inning in game four in the Dodgers series, you texted me very ready to record another <laughs> NLDS episode. Uh, the f- it was looking a little little shaky. Dodgers weren't putting up a lot of runs. But really, like I think that was just sort of in the moment. Outside of one inning of Walker Bueller, the Dodgers looked really really good in this series oh yeah and like even so bueller had the like the inning where he just like forgot how to throw a strike for a second and then (laughs) uh like that was like really bad but then even after that like he gave up the grand slam they're down five nothing uh and he retired like his next 10 in a row (laughs) and he still like completed five so it's like you know it wasn't a good start by any means but it was like it was a the circumstances considering he left tied you know like like what could you do in that? Like, if that's your worst start, you're, you're, you're living right. But yeah, it was, um, you know, yeah, they were, it was a good series overall. They trailed in game four very briefly. Um, but then of course, the, since the Dodgers got David freeze, uh, they, they did not trail very long. So, uh, yeah. It's a good thing they won in game four. You and I quickly talked about it. Not only is it good for us, we have less stress, less work for you. Uh, another, we didn't have to record a sort of a bonus podcast in there. But for the Dodgers, it means that they get to set the rotation going forward. They get to rest everybody that they want and really kind of go in with a, a nice little head start of knowing exactly what's coming their way, uh, which is what you and I are going to talk about. Is there anything you right. want to talk about the NLDS before we get going? We talked about, obviously, the two big wins uh, on the previous episode. So we can mention yeah. Machado, I guess, which a lot of the fan base was really, really down on up until, oh, you know, game four. Right. So like he was having like a, uh, you know, kind of a down series. I think he was like one for 11 or something like that in the first three games. And the, the one hit was the home run in game three that basically gave him the offense they needed to win. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, could have been better. And then he had a, um, a big three run homer that put that game away in game four. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's why they traded for this yeah. guy. Okay. <laughs> like, and then, and then he doubled later. Uh, but yeah, so turns out he's still actually a pretty good hitter. So yeah. And, yeah. That, that, yeah. And in general, like I know the numbers weren't good, but I thought, I thought he looked fine in games one and two game three on the other end that but it was just pressing and striking out a lot and just like generally like trying to do a little bit too much so i I was really glad to see him have the rebound in game four it was like jekyll and i because like even in game one he struck out three times and hit into a double play so it's like my my memory is is is, i remember only good things of those first two games but you know part of it i think this was in game four because it was in game four is when they were still trailing um 
Uh, he had the like the double play ball in the sixth, I think, or maybe I guess it was the fifth that right. um, should have got out of the inning, and he and he got zero outs out yeah. of it. Like, uh, <laughs> so that was bad. But like, I guess so. Him and the only other thing about the NLDS, just David Freeze, he had the. Um, they were down two to one. He hit a two run pinch hit single against a righty. He's been doing most of his damage against lefty since coming over. But man, he's just been fantastic. Like. He had an 11.30 OPS plus in his 47 plate appearances in September. Um, you know, like two thirds of those roughly were against righty or against lefties. Understandably, he's doing damage, but did pretty good against righties too. He's, um, you know, limited. They uh, they faced Sean Newcomb, um, the one lefty starter, but he was, it was that was really a bullpen game, so he didn't really start. So he he had three pinch hit appearances in the series, and he was he had one for two with the. Um, with the sack fly, so he drove in three runs. So he made his sort of presence felt. But man, I, I was looking up some. Uh, I don't remember what I was looking. How I was like, oh, like overall postseason leaderboards. We'll get to this in a little bit later. But just like his 2011 is just ridiculous. Like he had in a single postseason, he had 25 hits and 50 total bases like, <laughs> in, in the postseason. So like. He won the MVP of the NLCS and the World Series that year. It was just insane. He drove in uh, 21 runs in 18 games in that ser- that season, so the postseason. So, man, what a what a ridiculous sort of run for him. And uh, uh, speak if we want to keep speaking about midseason additions, uh, Ryan Matson brought in mm. in a pretty high leverage spot. <laughs> right, well, like we were we were talking about. I know, but in you know, we both had him sort of on the outside looking in, or like you know, one of those bubble guys. Um, to make the roster, but it's like pretty clearly like they they're gonna they're using him in you know high leverage situations. He he um, pitched the last got the last two outs of the fifth inning um, in to keep it a two one game in game four. So like yeah, that was that was pretty huge. Um, so yeah, like you know we'll talk about this in a second about the roster, but it seems like his his spot is pretty secure just given how they've how they've sort of used him. Well, let's move on to the next series. Roger will be playing the Brewers. I, I, you know, baseball's weird. Weird things happen in the playoffs, but you definitely are expecting a more, uh, more competition from the Brewers. I was about to say competitive series, but there's almost any narrative you want to fit any outcome in this series. Brewers get swept. Dodgers get swept. Close series. There's a, uh, both these teams are really, really good. Uh, they. Dodge, uh, the Brewers more so closed the year very, very closely, but the Dodgers have looked really, really good since the series in San Francisco. So, yeah, like the well, the so the Brewers talk about being hot. Yeah. The Brewers <laughs> enter, enter, enter enter Friday winning eleven straight. Um, the Dodgers have won a mere seven out of eight, so they're like not <laughs> not quite there. But so yeah, in September, like the Brewers were twenty and seven, best in the National League. Dodgers were right behind them, nineteen and nine. So they they've been like the two best teams the last month. So. Um, I, you know, like it's hard to say the Dodgers aren't the favorite here, uh, the home field advantage. Um, and so they're looking sharp and like, look, they only gave up two runs to the, the Rockies in three games and they, the Rockies only scored once in tw- one out of the 28 innings. So like, uh, their pitching was really good. The, the only, their pitching is weird in, and uh, like in, in that they didn't, they, I don't, I think Julius Chasin's going game one. They haven't really announced it yet, but, um, you know, they basically are they're they're probably gonna be the most aggressive team in like using their bullpen. Like um they had a bullpen game in game one of their series against the Rockies, like Brandon Woodruff started and went three innings. Um, 
you know, that that's odd. Like, you know, I know every, they had the weird week because they had the Monday game, but man, like it's, you know, they're super aggressive in their pan. Their top five guys are really good. Um, Hater. Uh, he picked up uh, Corey Knable. He was sent to the minors at one point of the year, but still really good. All four of those guys have like high strikeout rates, like 29% and above. Haters like in the forties, he led baseball. Um, so like those four guys really good. And then Corbin Burns is like their second uh, or their next guy. So like those top five guys, the Dodgers had trouble with uh, this year. I think they scored, I think it was like three runs in like just over 14 innings. So against those five. So it's going to be a, a slog, I think, but, but also like how it works if you're, if you're winning every game, but like using, cause they use those top four guys, all three games against the Rockies. Like, can they continue to do that for a longer series? And, you know, will they be fatigued and like, can the Dodgers take advantage? Of it? I think they're going to need some innings from their starters. And so that's where like, you know, they'll like Julius Jacin and Wade Miley started in that series. Um, We'll see what the Brewers do this series, but I think that's where the Dodgers can sort of um, make the Brewers bullpen pitch more than they want to, you know, or, or longer, and then sort of win it that way. So maybe it's just a, sort of gradual. That's kind of what they did against Atlanta, like gradually wearing them down. Like they they if you look if they had a weird series against the Braves, like um, you know they hit. Uh, let's see, I had it in front of me. Oh. Yeah, so they hit like um, in the low two hundreds. It was yeah, they hit two ten as a team, but twenty seven walks in the series and eight eight home runs. So it's like, you know, it kind of worked. You know, three fifty eight on base, four forty five second. Look, it's only four games, but but they stole eight bases too. So like they were opportunistic, I think. But it was it was like this sort of patiently sort of uh, working your way into those spots, and I think that's probably what they're going to have to do to beat uh, beat the Brewers. Are we expecting the same 25 players for this series as the last or any changes? It, it seems like uh, Dave Roberts, like they had a workout yesterday. That, that was the one, you know, so like th- that's when game five would have been at the stadium. So they got to go home, sleep in their own beds for a few days. They're leaving, I think, today from Milwaukee. So uh, I didn't go to the workout because it was it was one of those like uh, it was my off day and then like nothing really ever comes of that. Plus, there was no real clubhouse access. It was like catching players as they come off the field and that's like hit or miss. So. Um, but Roberts was like, you know, he was saying, look, we're, we're not completely decided, but it sounds like, like Ross Stripling might make his way back on. And it seems like just given how the players were used, they used all eight relievers in the first round, but Dylan Floro, uh, pitched the least. I think he only got one out. Um, so if you're looking at like a bullpen swap, you could see maybe Stripling or Floro. And Roberts said last series that that was the last spot in the pen that the, like that, that they made that decision last series. So, I think Bill Plunkett talked to Stripling, and he said uh, he was tipping his pitches, and they f- figured they they sort of um, maybe corrected that. So we've heard this before, you Darvish. They knew about it last year, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so maybe Stripling. Um, they had a in Atlanta. They had a simulated game one of the days. I think it was Sunday, um, where Stripling, Julio Urias, and Josh Fields threw, and then like. Um, Austin Barnes, who was on the roster, and then Kyle Farmer and Chase Ellie hit. So, like, those guys all sort of in play as possibility. Hard to see them. Like, I, I guess uh, someone uh, – Andrew Tolles, like, most of the other guys went to Arizona. Those These other guys I mentioned, um, 
all suited up and traveled with the team, even though they weren't on the roster, you're allowed to have like a certain number of guys do that. But um, Andrew Tolzo, I think, was in Arizona during the series, was at the workout yesterday. So anything's sort of possible. But I find it hard to see if they um, like add another position player that it wouldn't be like Utley just because I don't know. I mean, maybe not. So maybe I'm just guessing. I think it's going to be the same. And then maybe just that one pitching move, but th- those are all sort of possibilities. So, uh, but I, I think I don't think we're going to see too too dramatic a change on the roster. So we roughly know the twenty five guys that will be going, but in terms of usage, there's not much we can do about this. But I know you wanted to talk a little bit about how Grandal has been kind of been struggling in the playoffs the last two years. Yeah, the last few. Um, you know, like last year he was struggling at the end of the year. So like Austin Barnes caught like 13 of the 15 or he started 13 to 15 games behind the plate the year before that Grandal sort of was battling injuries down the stretch and he wasn't good but this hat tip to John Wiseman who we were sort of talking about this yesterday I looked a little more on it but um Grandal in his playoff career is five for 59 like That's not he has good. no no he has 14 walks in that time so he had like that it's basically been like Walker almost nothing and, um, but among, so among that five for 59, he's two for his last 45. Like, um, that's really hard to do. And like, so, um, both, both of those hits, mind you, are home runs, including one this year. So like, you know, look, it's, you get what you get with Grandal, but five for 59 is hard to do. So I looked it up, um, all time, um, among players with 50 plate appearances or more in the postseason. I forget the exact number of this. There are almost a thousand of these players, like all time. Um, Bill North was three for 59, 0, 051. Uh, he was an outfielder, more of a speed guy than anything. Marv Owen was an infielder. Uh, he hit 061. He was three for 49. Um, and then two pitchers, Greg Maddox, 073. He was four for 55. Whitey Ford, 082. He was four for 49. Those are the lowest four. In fifth place, yes, Manny Grandal, 080, <laughs> 085, 5 for 59. So, And then Dan Wilson is the only other guy under 100. He was 8 for 88, 091. So, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, them getting something out of Grandal would be, like, great. Because, look, they obviously they prioritize, like, dealing with the pitching staff and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, you know, part of his value, a lot of his value is actual offense from the catching position. And he really hasn't done much at, at all in that in the postseason so anything they get out of that would be great um so that would be <laughs> that'd be very uh could you see this itching. affecting if nothing else hit, uh where he hits in the batting order um yeah maybe maybe like i you know i actually forgot where he hit in the in in the lcs but like you know they i know they put like against righties they still tend to have like puig a little lower Maybe you see Grandal like seventh or eighth in these games instead of fifth or sixth, but um, he was swinging pretty well in September. Like, sure. Look, and I was about to say, knowing this Dodgers team, this means Yasmani Grandal is your NLCS MVP. So. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like, we, like Jock Peterson was two for forty-one. They sent him in the minors last year, and then he ended up hitting like a billion home runs in the <laughs> World Series. So, like, you never know. Grandal hit fifth in, in Game Four. So, I don't think they're. You know, we'll see. I mean, they they maneuver stuff around, but. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. But I think they're they're just going to ride him going forward. 
looking at the pitching staff, the Dodgers went with Ryu first. Um, speculation there was to get both of them five days rest and to also ensure that Ryu was going to be pitching at Dodger Stadium. Uh, going with Kershaw in game one, are we? How are you? Are they really going to try and keep Ryu at home at all times? Um, are they just going to go with what they think is their best order? Uh, how do you see games two and on going on in terms of the rotation? Yeah, that's a good question. So they, we only right now know that Kershaw is going game one. He would have. Uh, Robert said before game four that he would Kershaw would have went game five if there was a game five. So um, that it sort of makes all that sort of discussion last week kind of funny, like, or almost moot. You know, it was symbolic that Kershaw didn't go game one, but it wasn't like this, this huge, like paradigm shift or something, you know, with the team. Like I know KLAC had like, they tweeted out this interview, like, um, or maybe it was Fox sports radio. I guess that's all the same, but uh, it was like Dodgers are trying to push Kershaw out. It's like, come on guy, like come, (laughs) come down. But, um, but yeah, it just shows that that move was more motivated by keeping those guys, uh, giving them an extra day of rest. They're giving Kershaw the extra day of rest. Keep we've also got the extra day of rest, but keeping them in line. So now, like he'll have um, six days of rest before his game one starts. So that's fine. And then I do think um, I do think they'll go with Bueller um, and just to keep Ryu at home. Not that he can't pitch on the road, but. Um, I think they're going to bet on the stuff. And like he did show a lot after the Grand Slam by retiring the last 10. So if I had to guess, I think it would be Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu, um, and then Rich Hill game four. But um, I think that's where we're at. But, you know, like it, they could just stick with Ryu in game two and Bueller game three because Bueller's been really good uh, kind of wherever. Um, but yeah, I think they'll go with Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu in that order. But we'll find out. Uh, probably maybe today they have a they do like pregame press conferences so we'll see how that goes but yeah it'll be interesting we'll, we'll know for sure by Friday because they usually have they have to have the the next next day's starting pitcher like uh, interviewed before that so we'll we'll find out by Friday for sure and what time what times are we getting going I saw some chatter on Twitter yesterday about anger over uh, a Wednesday game so what times do we have for the NLCS yeah so the the first game is like like in a rough sense there uh, like every night there's an uh, um a league championship series game like in prime time either the nl or the on the east coast so but in this series just there's like four potential days where there's two games and they basically split them um the dot for the dodgers case and i'm just going to give the pacific times on these um game one is five game two is one o'clock on saturday um, then when they're when they're at Dodger Stadium, the games are four thirty, six, and two. Wednesday's game five. That's the two o'clock p.m. game, uh, Pacific. That's the game that people were sort of complaining about. Even though the, the like the previous day, the AL has the day game, and they're like I, I know it's like they're on the West Coast and the other t- the other series in Houston, but this isn't anything. And it's also like you know, um, I, it's not all it's not like fairness related necessarily because we saw this. A couple of years ago, when the, it was Dodgers Cubs in the NLCS, and the other one was uh, Cleveland and Toronto, and the Dodgers Cubs series got all the primetime games. Like, so it's not like they're they're totally want to um, be fair. They they want to maximize ratings, and but that said, it's competing networks, so they there is a little bit of a jo- um, jostling, I'm sure, 
but yeah, it worked out that the Dodgers, the NL series got a, a day. They each got a day game during the week and they each got a day game during the weekend. So the last two games of the series for the NL is uh, uh, next Friday, Saturday, it's five thirty and six. So, you know, it, it's, it's odd, but that's sort of the, it's part of the course. Is there the chance of if the ALCS is a sweep that they change that time? No, because the ALCS is behind the NLCS this okay. year that they start Saturday. So the the one conflict there were, it would, it would maybe matter. Or... Yeah, it would be Got exactly. It. So um, um, there's no there. The only conflict that there is is like um, when the Dodgers. Um, it's the Saturday when the Dodgers have game seven. Uh, the ALCS game six is supposed to be earlier in the day, but if that if the NL series is decided by then, then the AL moves into like prime time. So, other than that, there's really no like if this happens or whatever. But yeah, so they're kind of set in stone at this point. Well, I feel as ready as I'll ever feel for a playoff series, which is not at all, and I'm going to be breathing into a paper bag. But I'm I'm, I'm good to go info wise. Is there anything you wanted to add before we sign off? Yeah. Um, so yeah, other than that, yeah. So the Dodgers are home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. But the one thing I want to note, Jack Peterson, he had this streak of um, one uh, one hit and one run, and like uh, he got up to uh, eight straight games, and the record was nine for postseason. Um, now, but just so he didn't score in one of those games. So, but he does have a ten game hitting streak, and it is the third longest hitting streak in the postseason in Dodger history. Do you have a guess who the top one or two are? Top one or two. Is this LA Dodger or all Dodger? All Dodgers. Duke Snyder. No. Okay. No, I will tell you, both yeah. are LA Dodgers. Oh, well, <laughs> cheater. <laughs> yeah. I I'd still give you a hint. Whatever. Uh huh. Um, let's see. It has to be someone actually got to play 10 games. Are any of them part of the infield? No. Um, no. Okay, man, I'm running out of options. Um, okay, just to stick with my my era, even though I know uh, it's a little tough because they didn't play very many playoff games, but I'm going to go in my era and say Eric Karros. Nope. I'll give you one more hint. Um, okay. Not only were both of these players teammates that, who are ahead of Peterson, they were also uh, teammates with Jock Peterson. <laughs> okay uh justin turner nope what <laughs> all right final guess yes he'll nope okay um, just tell so me so the the top person with a 12 game hitting streak aj ellis <laughs> uh, <laughs> would have been the, very high up on my the, guess the longest hitting streak in dodger postseason history and um the number two guy with an 11 game hitting streak carl crop Okay, so things, <laughs> also names I would have never – we would have gotten into like 20 guesses, I think, even knowing yeah. they were on those teams. It was, pretty, it was pretty stunning when that was <laughs> – So the other thing is um, – but Peterson streak is unique in that he has exactly one hit in all 10 games. So um, it's that streak it's in itself of, of consecutive one-hit games and no more, no less – is the longest in MLB postseason history. So, Jock Peterson, trendsetter. So, uh, one thing I'll end on before you send us off is, uh, and if a listener wants to give us a correction on this, I have not certified this yet, but you and I were talking. We believe 
This is the first time the Dodgers have ever used four starting pitchers in an NLDS game, or at least in the modern wildcard era, and the first time they've used four starting pitchers in a five-game series in 40 years? Is that the yeah. last one we found? Oh, wait, no, um, I forgot. Are we, uh, we were talking before this, and um, I think, did I mess up? Um, I, I'm looking it up live as to not, because maybe I I thought I had you one. Do that, I I began thinking because the Dodgers did. Oh yeah, a lot of sweeping and got a lot of swept, uh, and a lot of Kershaw on short rest. And the last one I could think of was in 2004, but Odalis Perez pitched both games one and four. But yeah, do you have an update for us? It was it was 40 years exactly. So night okay. the the old NLCS through from 1969 to 1984. It was five games, best of five instead of best of seven. So uh, in in the 78 NLCS against the Phillies, the Dodgers won three to one. They had um, Burt Hooten, Tommy John, Doug Rowe, and Don Sutton pitch the, start the four games. So that was the last time they used four starting pitchers in a five-game series. So good. that was a good lookout by you. That was, a, that was a solid piece of trivia. And maybe they can make some more trivia in the NLCS. But uh, I would imagine we'll record um, in between the – the uh, games two and three so we'll get back to you before then but uh enjoy the first couple games of the nlcs and we'll talk to you later